Welcome back to the People of the PNW podcast. This is Don Colston, your regional developer, and I'm here with Kelly Rosso, Director of Franchise Development with Express and the Pacific Northwest region. Hey, Don. Hey, everyone. <laughs> so glad to have you here because what we're doing and have been doing throughout this year is just sharing all the best practices that we learn out in the field, as well as the people that are doing some fabulous things. So, we hope that you get a chance to really pick up some tips and takeaways and take it into this final strong fourth quarter. Woohoo! <laughs> the final stretch. <laughs> we got this. So listen up and stay tuned. All right. So today we have Jake Domer, 10 years with Express now, owner of Bellevue, Washington. Welcome to the studio, Jake. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> we love having Jake around. Just in pre his presence in general is so uplifting and inspiring to all of us. <laughs> you should see his face right now. But anyways, Jake is a three-time gold office. Three, right? Or is it four, four now? Maybe? Four, yeah, four. Four-time gold office I know. with his Bellevue team. And I know you've had some up and down struggles through the years, mm -hmm. but wow, what great success. And he has so many talents and his office brings so much to our region. But what we really want to focus on today is two things I think he does really well in his office, and that is selling to large clients. So, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that you wanted to do two things and you could only think of one. So, <laughs> we're going to have to probably edit in something else I'm good at, but that's fine. <laughs> oh, it's early in the morning, folks. We don't usually do this early. But, yeah, no, Jake, you guys have landed some really big accounts over mm -hmm. the years that you've been with Express. Mm -hmm. So, I know it's not really Express's forte to have that, and you've had your challenges just getting to that point of being able to work with them. But can you talk a little bit about that process in landing those accounts and what that was like? Mm -hmm. um, and in terms of kind of looking at or, I guess, narrowing down the focus on what are the, the things that we want to talk about that's relevant for everybody, I think it's the, um, you know, when you think about big accounts is how do you get in the door? And then once you're in the door, how do you actually land the account, right? So it's it's being able to kind of get in and get some attention and then how do you actually move it forward? And and they're probably different. Getting in and getting attention, I think that is is really just the stuff that we do at Express, right? Probably at a, a little bit more of a, a sophisticated level, the bigger the account. So when you're trying to get in the door, you're, you know, you're not really doing drop buys or things like that, but you're having to go at how much do I know about this organization? How much do I know about the people that work there? Um, what are my connections into them? And then how can I strategically help have, have them somehow help get me in the door? Which is, again, it's the same thing we do on small accounts, big accounts. It's just a, a little bit more of a methodical approach, I think, when it's when it comes to big accounts of how you get in the door. Like creating action plans around it, involving your team, right? Very much. Yeah, very much. But it is action plans. And it's, and it's how much, again, how much do we know these people? Um, so we have to find out what do their orgs look like? Who are those decision makers? You know, again, same things that we do, but it's just those orgs tend to be bigger, tends to be harder to get to the people. Um, but same thing is, is map the org, map the people, go after what makes sense for them and what they're looking for in their business and how can we make a difference. So when you say 
um, mapping out their orgs, what would you do to get that organizational chart? Like, what are some of the tips that you have that your team has gathered to to get that information? You know, first off, I think LinkedIn's really good. You know, when we go in and we can get who are our connections and then through LinkedIn, okay, can we build out, you know, knowing what a C-suite looks like and then building out from there and along, again, whatever the vertical is you're going after. Accounting and finance tends to be where we start, <clears throat> excuse me, or, um, or analytics. So we'll go after the people that we know are in that world. So we'll look for titles around controllers and CFOs and VPs of finance um, and use LinkedIn to help build that. And really it's about then getting one relationship or two relationships and having them do it. I mean, frankly, with our bigger accounts, we've honestly had those guys whiteboard out, whiteboard the org for me. Let's sit in a conference room. And once you have an advocate on the inside that's willing to do that, then you're then you're really on your way to success. That is such a golden rule that we need to do for every account, I think. And maybe those orgs are a little bit bigger, but so important. And we need to do that as sales reps, as leaders, as managers in the office or as the FOC is learning yeah. from associates in the lobby. Like yeah. we need to gather more information like that. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. I think, I think a, along the, like if you look at your best clients, the more people in your office that could say, I know this guy, this guy that, you know, you talk about the five-star clients and things like that. But if you could, if everybody in the office could map the org, tell them what kind of product or service they provide, describe the environment, describe the culture, describe the people they use, that's going to be naturally a big account that you're going to service well because everybody gets it, right? The knowledge base is high. Right. Good point. Thank you for that. So how do you utilize your team in that? I mean, I know we touched on it a little bit. Are you as the owner driving that? Are you finding that your salespeople are driving that more? Like, how are you getting that initial discussion of them being on your target list? Uh, it's a mix because <clears throat> honestly, it's whoever has the best relationship. So whether whether I do, whether a team member does, whoever has the in, you know, the person on the inside, it's all about really creating an advocate. Right? You need somebody on the inside, particularly big accounts, who they're going to have some kind of procurement organization or some type of approval process to be on their approved vendor list. To get that, you need somebody on the inside who is going to be your advocate and they're going to be the ones that are helping you out. And, and that doesn't you know, naturally just have to be there, like, oh, let's go to all the places I have friends. You have to develop, you know, contacts there. And so again, that could be anybody in your org. It's just, okay, who starts to move back quicker? Okay. So obviously utilizing your network, I think is mm -hmm. huge. I know, like we talked a little bit about, it is a challenge within our franchise organization to really land these accounts because some of them want the multi-location. They want a national contract. They want, and I hate to even go down this road because mm -hmm. I'm opening a can of worms mm -hmm. for anyone out there listening at headquarters. But, you know, our markets are filled with these headquarter locations and they're filled with these large, huge accounts. Like, mm -hmm. how do we go down that road successfully engaging, you know, Indiana and Georgia and Texas and Colorado in these processes? Any kind of tip that you've learned through going through this? Because I know you've gone through it a lot. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. And it's, I, this is going to be a lame answer, but it, the answer is, it kind of depends, right, on the account. Um, I would say, you know, Microsoft, for example, is a, is a client that we landed and we landed it because we were able to leverage both the fact that we were a local boutique accounting and finance firm that really had the talent they were looking for in a very specific area. So we had a burning platform for why some people inside wanted to work with us. And then we were able to leverage when we talked to their procurement org, hey, by the way, we're also massive and we have a lot of locations and we have this big corporate infrastructure and we're not just a, 
you know, Jake Domer staffing down the street. So that helped us be able to leverage both, mm -hmm. both of those things. Um, you know, when we landed uh, large accounts like Terex, it, it, uh, you're familiar with, right? Because we've serviced it out of multiple offices. Those ones we had to do more of a big footprint. We're in all of your areas. We have all of this bandwidth. We have all of this um, locational knowledge. And again, we, we sold the express value prop of we have all this incumbent knowledge in every market that you're in. And we're going to have this large corporate infrastructure that's going to be able to service you the way that you want to be serviced from a big national account standpoint. Um, but but they're all a little bit different, right? I mean, I would say that that, you know, in those two examples, one, we really leveraged Bellevue to get it done. And the other one, we really love, you know, they love Bellevue because we were working with them, but we really leveraged the largeness of Express to help us get it done. Huge point right there that I want to capitalize on. One is locally owned and operated can be, carry us a long way mm -hmm. with large, with small, with medium size accounts. The other thing is, is our footprint in North America is better than any of our competition anywhere. Hands down. Yeah, hands down. So being able, like you said, being able to leverage that is huge. Now Express is going more to a strategic sales type of operation and putting a team together. It's still in the infant stages, but I think the more we can utilize those folks, we're going to be in a different game as we get to that presentation mm -hmm. and that collecting information kind of standpoint. Yep. So, yeah, no, I agree. So, with all that being said, it is similar process in the sales. I mean, you don't have to be the Jake Domer that has all the connections in your market and <laughs> accounting and finance. I mean, a salesperson going in can get through this process. Like you made a really good point at the beginning, I want to bring back is. How do we, once you learn what someone needs and once you get to the right decision maker, I mean, it's simply just making that NPC with a quality candidate, yeah. correct? Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And, and let me use a different example to kind of highlight. Um, we have a large account in Bellevue that was one that you know I landed a long time ago, but we didn't really develop it. And I didn't really leverage, you know, oh, uh, some big network to do it. It was more of, you know, a random ad chase that got us in the door to go in. And it really never, the account never really developed until we had some Jessica Rice who went in and she then developed relationships and she went, but it wasn't, again, it wasn't like she had this massive network at this company. She just went out. She was smart. She went out to the areas that we'd serviced before. She found out what they wanted. And then she continually was NPCing candidates into there, both via phone as well as drop buys and developing them. But, you know, strategically, it's a big account too. And she's got to be able to map the org, got to decide who all the decision makers are. I mean, it's not... Those big accounts, the, the more you know, um, again, the better you're able to service them. Otherwise, you find you're in pockets. And if you're in pockets in a big account because you know one or two decision makers, then you're in jeopardy. And that's that's what you have to guard against is you really want to know as many people, be as diverse out there, be spread around the orgs as much as possible. Well, and just saying that, you, I mean, it brings up a good point is we want to be diversified. We mm -hmm. want to be have our arms around the whole kind of process and the whole company that we're working with in a true partnership. And I think it's really difficult. And you've learned the hard way of losing accounts. Mm -hmm. And it's not always because of relationships, but that could be part of it. Maintaining, I mean, some of the stuff that we talk about with offices, with owners, with staff is just maintaining the quality of our bottom line inventory. Like, are we taking care of our associates? Are we bringing in the right people? Yeah. Are we doing those quality control calls? I mean, that's all part of retaining companies like this. Yeah. And in and, and big companies, if you think about it, right, they're they're a microcosm of everything else we deal with across, you know, our client base. So 
in one big company, if you are in an area and you're not producing or you're not providing good resources, that's going to spread to other areas. And reputationally, you'll get damaged there, same as if we don't service one client. And, you know, so that that snowball, whether positive or negative, right, like if you're doing a great job, that's going to spread to other areas and they're going to recommend you and they'll refer you to other teams. And that's that's what it's all about, right? And if you do a really good job, but it's it's that core, you have to be able to execute on the model. Exactly. So you talked a little bit about, um, you know, getting to that C-level decision mm-hmm. maker. You're really good at that, Jake. And obviously mm-hmm. you've been there, you've done that, you have that network, but how can, what tips can you give to the rest of us out there that maybe haven't been in that same position? Yeah. Well, and I'd actually counter that with, I actually don't think it's about getting to the C-level people, Okay. Um, particularly at a big org. I'd almost flip it on its head. If you can get to a C-level person at a small and mid-sized company, awesome. Right. And almost any one of us can knock on a door enough times and get to that person. At big companies, it's not about getting to Satya, who runs Microsoft, right? It's about getting to the guy who owns some budget who's like 15 layers deep. So really, it's it's not about getting to the C-suite, I don't think, at big companies. Ultimately, you need to have enough people who are advocates, who are in those decision-maker roles. And again, those are that's usually kind of middle-level management. Mm-hmm. And then you need to know one or two people up their chain of command who are going to get stuff approved. So it's, you know, you, you need the, the somebody will, somebody will have to sit with procurement or has to be in charge of procurement, you know, has to be in that, that authority type position where they're like, yep, we support this. We want to move and we're going to help you get it. And they have to have enough authority or swing to be able to get that done. But the real guys you want to know really aren't, I mean, again, I don't think that you can get to a point where you're too high level. Um, and those guys have no clue. I mean, I, I think we probably all had that experience where it's like, oh yeah, the, CFO really wants to use us and it gets pushed down into the room. The guys who are making the decisions like, I'm not going to use you. Right. right? <laughs> I'm a controller and I got my buddy who does something. Else. I'm going right. to use my buddy, right? Like, And then they don't like you because their boss's boss told them to use you and it almost damages. It almost goes the other direction. So we're right on with our process as we go. I oh, mean, yeah. you yeah. start walking in the front door, dealing with the gatekeeper, getting past them, making the normal sales calls that we would do. And you can get right to the same point, which I yeah. love that. Yeah, I just relationships. Th- I, it's relationships. And again, I think it's a more, the bigger the company, the more strategic that approach has to be, right? If you're going after a company that has 700 buildings, you're not going into a door and getting anywhere. You're going after that company and going, okay, what's the level of management in the area that I focus in? And whether that's logistics or accounting and finance or whatever, I'm going to go find those people who make the decisions in the place that I'm an expert and go after those guys. Perfect point for all of us. I mean, across the board, that makes perfect sense. So let's talk just briefly as we close this up. How do you manage those accounts that can be so much a part of your business on a day-to-day without jeopardizing the rest of our accounts, the rest of our business, the rest of our model that, that has proven successful? I would say that I've had things that have proven successful and things that have proven not successful um, in that. the The more those accounts can be carved off and dedicated, um, had dedicated service, the more successful it's been. So, um, and I think it's successful for, for a couple of reasons. One, the people who focus on those accounts get to know them really, really well. So they service them really well. So I think the more you can have dedicated people, whether dedicated sales focus, dedicated recruiting focus, service, whatever it is, um, that's the key to, to really servicing big accounts well. All of the above we need. Yeah, all of the above. Right? And and I think that the that's also the key to protecting your business from, you know, I've made the mistake the other way. I've had big accounts where everybody in the office has a, a hand in it. 
So not, you know, there's, it's spread around and it distracts everybody. And so then the other clients suffer because the big guys start to suck a portion of everybody's time and attention. Um, and, and that's not efficient. So I would, I, you know, I think both I've seen, I've done it the wrong way. Um, we've done it the right way. And I think that the best way is to get people to the extent you can get people who are focused and dedicated to the big guys or, you know, whatever is going to be a big time suck, um, and, and make sure that they're kind of set off and that's what they do. Right. I love it. And be, and well said too. being consistent with our volume of business and our sales calls is key. Building that relationship and following the process, I think is going to be really important. I'm trying to get to those key points, but just really building our relationships at multiple levels. Mm-hmm. Like we want them to be built at multiple levels in their company too. It's yep. like getting to that three star, four star, five star account. Yep. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Jake, I really, really appreciate all the insight that you bring to us. Thank you for that. Is there any final words that you want to say? No, thank you so much. This has been uh, really incredible. It's been an exciting time. Thanks for having me out in the Kent <laughs> office here. And I've got a bunch of people actually looking in the window making faces at me right now, which is kind of super fun. <laughs> Thanks. Thank <so> you. <laughs>